The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Hi everybody, hello, welcome, Rough House Podcast coming at you, recording bright and early on Sunday morning. Yeah, we've got Great American Bash to talk about, yeah, we've got Fighter Fest to talk about, yeah, we've got a match where the loser will have their eyeball removed from their head. Oh, yeah. But what we want to get into first is uh, ostensibly the breaking news of the morning, New Japan Pro Wrestling wrapping up two days in Osaka at Osaka Joe Hall with uh the crowning of a Dance. new main eventer yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh okay so uh i just finished like not even five minutes ago yes. <laughs> the main event of dominion yes which was this morning and the words that came out of my mouth were what the actual fuck yes. um so uh obviously we're going to be spoiling everything uh that happened in new japan this weekend so skip ahead 20 minutes if you don't want to hear any of that exactly Fucking, uh, I'm Christoph, by the way, and that's Marty. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Everything is evil. Everything <laughs> is evil. And evil, uh, I mean, set it right there in the tin, man. He is evil. Uh, so Saturday, uh, the big shock, the finals of the uh, New Japan Cup were uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. And Evil ends up beating the Rainmaker, uh, earning a title shot the next day at Dominion. His fellow LIJ cohort, uh, Tetsuya Naito, is the, uh, the double champion. He comes out to congratulate him, throws up the LIJ fist, and is met with a two-sweet as Evil has defected to Bullet Club. And... Yeah, and not only that, during the match, yeah. uh, Gato came out to distract Red Shoes, and then uh, Yujiro Takahashi came out and did something, whatever his move is, yeah. <laughs> to Okada. Yes. And we just thought, well, you know, Gato and Okada go back. Mm-hmm. You know, in mm-hmm. the moment, you you probably weren't thinking collusion between no. Evil and BC. Um, just a continuation of the Gato-Okada uh, thing, because that had been going on throughout 
um, the uh, the tournament, the, uh, yes. the New Japan Cup with tags and stuff like that. Yeah, basically, so it wasn't a ever, since, ever since Gato turned on Okada and joined yeah. up with Jay White, the two of those have kind of been locked into uh, a never-ending feud, uh, including the first round of the New Japan Cup. Uh, right. But, uh, we, we got Evil defecting to Bullet Club, uh, uh, an idea that the more you sat with it made sense. Not only A, yeah. uh, he's evil, uh, but B, you know, the, 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 uh, ostensibly the A-list players for the Bullet Club in Kenta, Jay White, Tama Tonga, and Tongaloa, all of which unable to get to Japan right now due to the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Jay White. Even and, ELP. Yeah, ELP. Uh, how, how soon I forget about ELP. Damn it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Jay White and Kenta both in Florida, which means we will probably never see them in Japan again. And, uh, I, I'm not sure where Tamatanga and Tongaloa are, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm sure it's, it's very difficult Fale too. To, oh yeah. You know what? Fale, he's in, uh, well, actually, you know what? Fale might be able to come in cause he's in New Zealand. Fale's in Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. They, they figured yeah, it out. I think the Tama, I think Tama, I, I think Tamatanga is in Florida. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, Tangalo is there also. Uh, yeah, the, but the BC runs deep. But like you said, half of the half of the the club and the upper echelon of the club, aside from Ishimori. Yeah. I mean, what what they were stuck with uh, currently is uh, Gato, Jado, Ishimori, and Yujiro um, Yujiro Takahashi. Takahashi. Yes, and uh, that's not a quite a murderer's row for the BC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and apparently this is resulting in, in a rare Yujiro Takahashi push, because I, I guess Yujiro is going to go against Okada sometime soon. Okada basically uh, gets rewarded after all of his years of being the greatest worker of all time. And basically now Gato's like, all right, you carry this. So <laughs> yeah. that, it's basically like when you've done a really great job at your day job and then all of a sudden you get a, a, an insurmountable task because uh, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. you, you've proven that you're very good at the other things. Um, that's why I've learned in my uh, professional life to not overachieve, just <laughs> skirt by with yes. expectations that are met of you and you'll, you'll be good to go. Yes. But really, uh, the, the most heartbreaking part to me of Saturday's show, uh, was after the show, uh, new Japan commentator and former, uh, Dragon Gate pro wrestler and current stardom trainer, Milano collection, AT. Uh, who has been proven as a very, very big fan of uh, evil to the point of waving around the little plastic scythe, uh, yeah. very visibly heartbroken. And um, that went to another level tonight. Uh, it did. It did. Yeah. In the match, in the main event match, the uh, the two belts on the line, Naito and uh, evil um, uh, Milano collection was holding up the, the scythe uh, in the evil's face. Evil grabbed it, broke it in half, threw it at him. Which then uh, caused Milano Collection AT to jump the table, jump the yes. guardrail, yes. and start attacking Evil, and he got thrown into the barricade uh, for his uh, for his troubles. loyalty. Yeah, for yeah. his troubles. Yeah, and uh, that was that was one of the big shocks of the main event. Yeah, um, uh, it was interesting because I was wondering how it was going to play out because you know how BC rolls in a big match, um, mm -hmm. they usually all come out. Yes, and I was I didn't know if it was going to be you know all of BC on one side versus all of Lij on the other side. Mm -hmm. Naito came out alone, so I'm like, okay, you know, uh, underdog uh, fan favorite Naito here makes a bit of sense. Uh, but then Red Shoes wouldn't start the match until Gato and the rest of the BC vacated the ringside area. Yes, so we did get. 
80% of a one-on-one match. <laughs> yeah, and there were some twists and turns towards the end as uh, uh, not only... Well, let, let's let's take a step back before we talk about the end. Evil uh, changing his look a bit. Yeah. Uh, main event That's evil. Uh, hair down, hair long. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I believe he stole Awesome Kong's gear, uh, complete <laughs> with the gothy utility kilt. Well, and there were guns on the top of the uh, the things on the shoulder pads, yes, which yes. was a nice touch. And uh, a revised theme too. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. It was it was sort of like a um, uh, goth gladiator. Is yeah, kind of how yeah. I, you know, <laughs> sort of uh, equated it. It didn't look bad on him. It kind of worked. Right. Um, you know, the the demeanor had changed. This is definitely a new and more vicious evil. And even if you go back to last week's episode, we were talking about evil being a much more aggressive sort of guy and us being the stupid idiots we were, put our focus on Sonata, whereas mm-hmm. our focus should have been on evil. So yes, shows yes. how much we know. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, there, there are some people who are sitting there going, how, how could this have happened? How have we not noticed it? You know, I, I talked about last week that uh, since, you know, last fall's U S tour, there had definitely been a focus on pushing evil as a more prominent player mm-hmm. in New Japan. Um, yes, we even saw- G one last year he yeah. had a he had a strong showing. It, it, right, right. So you know we we've definitely seen hints that he would be pushed up the card. I just don't think any of us expected it to happen uh, so fast. Uh, I, I saw some people online basically describing it as, yes, New Japan's been gone for 100 plus days. Well, here's all the angles that you wanted <laughs> over a two day period. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I wonder if this was the plan for Dominion, you know, who knows? Originally, who yeah, knows? Had, then Gato will probably never tell. Um, I'm sure it's, uh, obviously some things had to be rewit- rewritten. Yes. But um, but yeah, it was um, it was it was it was just, I'm still kind of flabbergasted. Yeah. The fact that well, evil won this match. I was going to say, let's talk about the finish because <laughs> evil ends up defeating Tetsuya Naito and becoming the new double champion. He is the 71st IWGP champion, the 25th IWGP Intercontinental champion. But how did he get there, Chris? How did he get there? Shenanigans. Overbooked shenanigans, which uh, is not something I love and something that New Japan tends to lean on more than I'd like. Um, I, I would much rather have more show versus Shingo matches than evil Naito matches in terms of how they were booked. Um, But uh, let's see uh, after, you know, we had the match for a little bit. Who came out first? I think, I think it was uh, Giotto. At at one point there was a ref bump. Yes. You know, obviously red shoes go slow ass Giotto, which is, which was really funny because slow ass Giotto, you know, uh, basically all he needs, he needs a walker essentially to get down there. Let's get him one of the uh, rascal scooters. I think that would really, (laughs) Help uh, yes, accelerate yes. things, but as he's waddling down to the ring, <laughs> fucking um, Ishimori, uh, uh, yeah, Ishimori comes running down, sprinting down, and does a you know a, a, a top rope springboard Bronco Buster sort of thing, and um, the you know the old crotch to face maneuver, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which is fun and I'm sure smells real great, and uh, and then Jado comes in, get has the uh, uh, the kendo stick as per usual. And out comes White Knight, glistening, glorious Hiromu Takahashi for the save. Mm-hmm. Hiromu coming in for the save just 
made me all kinds of tingly inside for for multiple different reasons. It was fantastic. Yes, yes. And and Hiromu tries to make a save, including uh, absolutely launching Taji Ishimori <laughs> with uh, a belly-to-belly suplex into uh, the corner. But then who should also come out to try to even the numbers? An unusually thick-looking Bushi. <laughs> yeah, immediately if you, you knew that wasn't Bushi. Yes. And having the Japanese commentary, you know, n- and not really knowing what they were saying, yeah. I'm trying to in my head figure out who is of that size. I'm like, yes. could it have, was it Sonata? I'm like, no, Sonata's not that thick. Uh, you know, I'm trying to run through my mind, could it have been Shingo? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to go through the list of possible people. Um, but this uh, faux Bushi legit shoot strangles uh naito like the fucking transporter or a jason statham movie sort of thing yeah and um then uh distracts the red red shoes while evil stomps on naito's dick for a little bit and then hits a super brutal everything is evil Mm -hmm. um and then red shoes turns around is reluctant to count the pin which i love those little you know the red shoes is just from he's pure and he's yes. like, is this yes. really what we're fucking doing? Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then he does the count uh, and it was the three count and that was it. Yeah. And, uh, one, and two, then, three, yeah. new champion. And who was thick Bushi? I don't know. Oh, I can tell <laughs> I you. I can tell yeah, you who it was. I need uh, you to tell me. Thick Bushi is none other than uh, former WWF star uh, and all around journeyman Dick Togo. Dick Togo of uh, Mishinoku Pro fame. Uh, he, he is sounds familiar. Yes, he he's hands down one of the most underrated workers of all time. Uh, has the greatest senton ever, and just plays an absolute surly dick heel. He's been a freelancer for the past let's call it twelve years of his career at least. Okay. Uh, he and Gato have uh, a longer running history. Um, he was part of a stable with Gato back in the day, and. And that sort of thing. But uh, Togo is basically one of the best surly heels in professional wrestling. I personally, just because I'm familiar with him and his work, I'm incredibly excited to see him in New Japan. I'm incredibly excited to see him inserted into the main event of New Japan. And if anything, uh, I understand the logic of, you know, we can't get people who are outside of the country right now. Let's try to funnel people in from inside the country that could make an impact. And I, I think uh, Togo is a really, really interesting choice to add to the mix. Now, uh, what it looks like is we are building for the double titles a match between Evil and Hiromu Takahashi, which is yes. wild that Takahashi, a guy who, let's call it, I don't know, six months ago, we were wondering if we'd ever see him in the ring again. And here yeah. he is, the junior heavyweight champion and in line for a double title shot. Uh, and and arguably is now the biggest face in the company. Well, didn't he make his return to Dominion last year? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was later. It was later. Than it was that. later than yeah, that. Because the fall, first, the big fall show. Uh, yeah, uh, power struggle. Uh, because power, his, okay. his first match had back was Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, his first match back was during one of the Road Two shows. He was in the tag matches okay. there. Um, That's right. So, uh, nevertheless, uh, the show ends with Hiromu Takahashi screaming in the ring. As uh, evil's theme plays, and then uh, he like darts out. Yes, <laughs> in, yes. In hysterical Forrest Gump fashion. It was yes. great. Yes, uh, just a wild scene. 
off of a wild weekend of, of matches. Uh, that wasn't the only title change that we had this yeah. weekend, uh, as uh, we have new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions as the dangerous techers of uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi have defeated the golden aces of Tanahashi and Ibushi. Wow. Man, they fucking uh, dismantled uh, Tanahashi's knees. Yeah. Like the amount of dragon screws and uh, just crazy uh, impact to Tanahashi's knees in this match. Like, and I know he sells, and I know the, the knees are a story. It's become like Matt Jackson's ribs. Yes. You know, it's like they're, they're yes. always going to be attacked, and they're always going to be a problem. Uh, but I think there's a fair amount of validity to Tanahashi's knees causing him trouble. <laughs> yes. And he, like... Even you know, with three months off. Yeah, he's going to have to sit in an ice bath for three more months before he's able right, to walk right. at full strength again. Uh, the match itself was was pretty good. It wasn't, you know, anything otherworldly, but uh, it told the story, you know, that was told throughout the Super J Cup of Tai Chi and ZSJ just fucking murking these guys, Ibushi and and and, uh, and Tanahashi, and they just couldn't uh, couldn't get the the job uh, done. The Golden Aces and uh, they dropped the titles and they got laid out at the end too, man. So. Yeah, I have a feeling that feud isn't entirely done, although it yeah. may go on the back burner a bit while uh, Tana quote-unquote heals up. Uh, but uh, you know what? The the Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. team seems to be an effective one. Yes. Um, so, you know, very cool to see them win. Also, it looks like Tai Chi uh, tightened it up a little bit uh, since whenever the New Japan Cup matches were, were all taped. Because I don't yeah. think they were live live. I can't I can't think they were all live. Yeah, he, uh, dro- he dropped a couple pounds yeah. over the past week. Um, yeah, so minion you know, shape lo- looking good there, and also, and uh, you know, I'm I'm I I'm seeing the internet rave about this one too. Uh, we got that really really important rematch this time for the never open weight title, Shingo versus Show. Uh, Chris, how good was that? It was really really good. I don't think it was as good as their New Japan Cup match. Mm-hmm. Um, shockingly enough, because that that one kind of came out of left field a little bit the expectations weren't as high right um but this one was also really really good and really yeah. fun to watch and a lot of high impact uh moves and just you know sh- we talked about shingo's jab punches that look great but his fucking lariats and clotheslines are just pumping powder man brutal man just yeah. brutal but show you know show hung in there he, he uh you know he did what he could but this time it wasn't enough and uh and shingo takagi uh retains the never open weight um title however on the flip side of the never sort yeah. of situation here the never trios titles yes. uh, belong to uh shingo, Bushi, evil, shingo and, Bushi. and yeah. evil now i don't know how that's going to play out now that uh, evil has defected. I don't know if it's a free bird situation where Sonata can just kind of come into a belt because he doesn't have anything. You know, that's like a, that's a great question. And, and it does also sort of raise a question of when everybody was running out at the end of the show, I, I meant to ask this earlier, yeah. where was Sonata? And you know what? I, I can write off uh, where was Shingo and where was real Bushi? I can kind of yeah. write off Bushi. I'm, I'm thinking, Bushi might have the same disorder that Pentagon has, which is when he sees another version of himself, he doesn't recognize that it's fake. He's just like, oh, look at me go. That's awesome. Are you you saying that Pentagon's a shoot moron? (laughs) No, no. I'm just saying he he conceivably thinks 
that he can watch himself do things. Because we've seen uh, multiple times in AEW, I mean, hell, since All In, where yeah. Pentagon just goes, oh, uh-huh. hey, look, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Not a, maybe not, maybe not the brightest guy, but yeah, nobody else came out. I mean, I get for storyline's sake, you wanted Hiromu in the, in the main spot to to push that title match, but still it doesn't, you know, doesn't make a ton of sense. If you saw that shit going down, like if I'm in the back, if I'm Bushi, real Bushi watching this match or Shingo or Sonata and I see, you know, uh, my guy Naito being legit choked out by like a fucking cable being hung over the top rope. Uh, maybe I'm gonna run out and do something about it. But, I don't know. I don't know. After what maybe they were enjoying a nice cold Zima backstage yeah, yeah, and weren't I thinking would... about it. <laughs> After what we've seen from uh, Sonata and the New Japan Cup, it was probably like, eh, I ain't getting paid. I'm not running out there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. Shingo was, uh, you know, icing down his uh, his arm and yeah. and Bushi. Mm-hmm. I threw too many lariats, bro. I can't help. Yeah. That. I mean, he threw <laughs> these a lot arms of are bruised. <laughs> These arms are bruised. <laughs> These arms got worked over. It was good shit. So, uh, so yeah, those were the the main matches of uh, Dominion. There were a bunch of uh, tags earlier on in the night. Uh, yesterday at the um, New Japan Cup Finals at Osaka Joe Hall, we had the debut of uh, yeah. the way to the Grandmaster, Wato, Master Wato. Yes. Um, and he picked up a W over Doki yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was okay. Doki... Actually, he's kind of dope. Um, he's Do- Doki has an aggressively mid two thousands indie wrestler vibe that I kind of like. I, he just needs a new name. The name sucks. Uh, <laughs> there's just too Maybe many. Maybe it's, it's something things. really cool in Japan. I don't know. Maybe, and I know he he's kind of started like the the Peros de Japón uh, sort of little thing because yeah, yeah, yeah. they had the Peros de Mal in Mexico. I yeah. guess he had excursion in Mexico when he came back. I guess I don't fucking right, know. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, the match was okay yesterday. Grandmaster uh, Wado won. He had a couple cool uh, finishing moves. Too. Right, right. One of them was kind of like a uh, a top, kind of like a red arrow sort of thing, mm-hmm. or like you know, it was more like, actually it's kind of like the the broton because he kind of did a flippy thing off and then landed in a senton. Yeah, uh, yeah. It also kind of reminded me of uh, AJ Styles' old uh, spiral tap move. I don't um, recall that yeah, one. I that, didn't. I wasn't that, watching that, a lot of AJ back then. I was gonna say that's that's from the early Impact and, and Ring of Honor days. Spiral Tap. That's a great fucking name. Yeah. There's no way he came up with that name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, someone else gave him that name. Yeah. But um, he hasn't seen fucking Spinal Tap. <laughs> uh, but you know, for for as much as we kind of dunked on the the Watto debut and 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 the Doki beatdown, like. It was genuinely an actually kind of fun match and a decent yeah. showing for uh, for Quato as Master Watto. Of course, he then got murked again as he's going to now, guess, feud with Kanemaru. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, and the other development. Uh, sorry, glance over this. After Shingo beat Show and he was walking to the back, he got attacked by Desperado. Yes. Uh, El yes. Desperado. So fuck yeah, Despi versus Shingo. Let's do that yeah. shit. Yeah, very much into that. Very excited for that. Um, the other bit of news from the show, and, and uh, uh, it, it's not a major bit, but uh, I feel like we should say it. Uh, Minoru Suzuki removed from the weekend uh, as basically the pre-show testing protocols indicated that he had a fever. Uh, nothing else was indicated, you know, no sign that he has uh, COVID-19 or anything like that. But uh, I think it's worth saying from uh, your boys at the Rough House, uh, Mr. Suzuki, please get better real, real soon. 
Miss our murder grandpa. I think uh, you know he's. You said he had a fever. Yes. Yes. All you gotta do is get the man some cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have it. Baby. You gotta have it. <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> the only cure is more cowbell. Yeah. It Tur- turns out when <laughs> when Minoru Suzuki speaks English, he sounds exactly like, like Christopher Chris Walken. Walken. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I need Christopher Walken to dub over some Suzuki <laughs> interviews. That would be absolutely amazing. Hey Mox, you want to fight buddy? me? Wow. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting into here. So, uh, as we are wont to do these days, uh, we're going to glaze over WWE main roster programming. Uh, just mention the fact that there was a fucking karaoke competition on SmackDown. On <laughs> I'm Friday sorry, night. what? A karaoke competition on SmackDown Friday night. Okay, who uh, who were the participants? Uh, let, let, let me load you the full list. Hang on. Uh, oh, there was a list. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first ever SmackDown karaoke showdown. Which was hosted by Jay Uso. Okay. And uh, it featured Naomi, Lacey Evans, Tamina, and Dana Brooke. Oh, no. Lacey <sighs> Evans sang With My Baby Tonight. Dana the Brooke, Jeff Jarrett song? Yes. Dana Brooke <laughs> sang the Honky Tonk Man's theme. Oh, no. Tamina performed Triple H's theme. And oh, no. Naomi Tamina did Motorhead? To uh, Naomi. Yes, Tamina did do that. And Naomi oh. performed... Dusty Rhodes' theme song. Ooh, boy. Yes, yes. This this was to uh, uh, lead to a brawl, which then resulted in Lacey Evans versus Naomi. Oh, man. Well, yeah. at least Naomi's getting a match. Yeah. She had to walk yeah. through some shit to get there, but... Uh, yeah, she did. You know. God, that sucks. Okay. Yeah, right. Apparently Maybe. it worked, though. Ratings were back up on uh, SmackDown this week. So, oh, uh, okay. so we can look forward to more karaoke in the future. Great. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, but, you know, this is at the same time where Raw had literally the second lowest rating of all time. Nice. So the shine is off the Pritchard era already. <laughs> um, I can't uh, even keep track of which era we're in yeah, anymore. Yeah, we're in the all Pritchard all the time era. And, uh, it's about to be headlined uh, at at a show that is that started being called Extreme Rules. Uh huh. Then was called Extreme Rules: The Horror Show, right. and is now being called The Horror Show: Extreme Rules. Okay, is there a colon or a semicolon in there, or any kind of punctuation? Who the hell knows anymore? What I do know is. One of the big matches on said show will be between Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio Jr. in the first ever eye for an eye match. Well, okay, so first to, ever in WWE, eye yeah. for an eye match. I feel like uh, to circle back to the name, I feel like we need to pull a Lionel Hutz on the name <laughs> and be like the horror comma show the extreme rules exclamation point. <laughs> Works on contingency. No, no. money down. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I did okay. that just for you. <laughs> I, no, I appreciate it. I very much appreciate it. Chris, at this point, how much of the show isn't for us? I mean, let's <laughs> let, let's let's be honest here. Yeah, um, it's true. Anyway, just an excuse for Marty and I to chat for two hours on the Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a brisk chat that y'all yeah. y'all get to enjoy. Um, yeah, pretty much. So uh, it's an eye for an eye match. Coming off of uh, Seth Rollins' uh, drop tall holding Ray into some steps. He's been mm-hmm. rocking an eye patch under his mask since. 
and the rules for this match, where Rey Mysterio Jr., who is not currently under contract and is just continuing to work for funsies, uh, he will be facing Seth Rollins in a match where to win, you must remove the eye of your opponent. Doesn't really strike me as a PG sort of stipulation there. No, no. Literally weeks after Vince McMahon told uh, stockholders, uh, we don't do any of that blood and gut stuff. Yeah, we are having yeah. a match where someone is going to have their eyeball removed. Chris, I ask you, how do how do near falls work in this type of match? Uh, <laughs> 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 or, or is it is it just like the eyes just like hanging on by the optical nerve and it pops back in? If I'm remembering my Kill Bill two correctly, I think you have to kind of uh, you know it's like a tuning up the band sort of situation where you have to you know put your hand in the exact sort of uh, situation to be able to pull out the eye you know jab it and pull it out really quickly. Um, so uh, if you if you don't fully get that, that's kind of like a two count sort of yeah, situation, yeah. you know, or if you don't have the hand configuration correctly, uh, right. you're not going to get be able to pull the eyeball out. Um, I would recommend that Seth Rollins watch uh, Any Given Sunday, uh, Kill Bill uh, Volume 2, as we said, and maybe, um, who was it, Vader and um, Stan who, who knocked out his eyes? Stan Hansen. Stan that's Hansen. right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. uh, th- that's your homework, Sethy Poo. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I will say, per the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh, Uncle Dave has the scoop that the eye removal will be CG in nature. Which I mean, makes me know. wonder if they're going to get the same people who are doing those cheese ball uh, AR graphics for all the pay-per-views. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> that would be... A big, like, PlayStation 1 era polygonal eyeball flies out. Yes. Oh, man. Very much so. Well, you, you, you know, you have to assume this whole match is going to be cinematically shot. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, undoubtedly. So, you know, cinematics, their answer to lazy booking. Uh, here I, we are. Like, I just kind of want to see them try to figure out how to do, like, the indie reversal spot with eye removal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> duck under, over top, yeah. sunset flip, grab the eye, eyeball goes back in, stand off. Like, I want the whole, I want the whole thing. <laughs> Fight forever, chant breaks out. <laughs> You need glasses, chant breaks he out. Go, at the he goes end. to stretch the eyeball out. The crowd's just going, This is awesome. Where's my eye patch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Monocular vision. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Shit writes itself, man. It's so fucking dumb. Like, Way to go, Bruce Pritchard. Way to go. Like, like this is literally the. You know, there. There are many times in recent memory where where we've kind of uh, at length criticized or mocked what WWE is doing. And there's part of me when I read that, I'm like, oh, they're turning into this kid. They're going full trauma films now. They're just like, fuck it. We're going to we're going to just get as weird and nonsensical as possible. And I, I almost admire that. Is it for me? No, but I admire. Who is it for, Marty? <laughs> no idea. You know who's what? Really, you who's, know what? Who's really looking forward to this match? Uh, you know whose input I actually want? Eric the Gorehound. Exactly. Get me Eric. <laughs> get get me the like a lad on the horn. I need to know what Eric thinks. Gorehound, let me know. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm expecting maybe a run in from the Toxic Avenger. Perhaps <laughs> would be great. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'd be cool with it. Fuck yeah. it. 
Get out Sergeant here. Kabuki Man, NYPD. Let's get him in there. Actually, you know what? He's <laughs> they defunded him. I'm very sorry to say. <laughs> yeah, the Kabuki Theater is really taking a hit these days. <laughs> <laughs> man all right so um uh, all right uh, okay before yeah. we move on from that yes before we get a million texts well when AEW did an eye for an eye you guys didn't talk shit about it yeah because we knew it was a fucking gimmick they they, they knew it was like this this jokey sort of thing I also like the match the match wasn't predicated upon oh we get to take out someone's eye it was literally it's revenge. Yeah, Mox's eye had been taken out by the inner circle. Santana, Santana's eye got taken out by Mox, quote unquote, on both sides, and they wanted a match against each other. Yeah, it wasn't a literal Mox wins when he removes Santana's other eye or vice versa match. Right. Yes. Like so. Yeah, it's it basically the 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 problem, if you want to call it a problem. I do. Is is it's being taken to a non logical end that is in no way, shape, or form professional wrestling esque. Like it's it's not even right. like you know the way ladder matches work or cage or or any of these other um, gimmick matches where at least they seem wrestling adjacent. Like even the Inferno right. match, as ridiculous as it is, you kind of understand the idea of up until the idea of setting someone on fire. Like oh, it's kind of like a cage match, but with flame. Like, yeah. you, you understand the basic concept therein. I have no idea how this match is supposed to be worked unless it's literally, and and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's the way it's going. You're going to take two of the legitimately most, athlet, excuse me, most athletically skilled professional wrestlers that WWE has, and you're just like, no, nah, just have them gouge each other's eye out for 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, and I guarantee it'll start off with a wrist lock. And not, that, not that's, anything, that's the other uh, bit that doesn't make any sense. It's like, <laughs> I try to think about, you know, what makes a Seth Rollins match exciting? What's make, what, what is it that makes a Rey Mysterio Jr. match exciting? And it's these crazy sequences and high flying yeah. and high impact moves. None of which impact the idea of removing someone's eyeball. Like, yeah, unless I mean I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of the kicks to the face. Like could a six one nine remove an eyeball? I you know, guess if they if he has, like get like a uh, <clears throat> Ray has Dominic hold his eye open, uh, Clockwork Orange style. Yeah, he's got some kind of uh, magic Velcroy sort of thing with eye adhesive on it, and he <laughs> goes to the six one nine, kicks him in the face, and then it pulls the eyeball out in slow motion. I don't, I don't know. I mean, realistically, it's a stipulation that would make more sense for uh, Bray and Braun because they're just like kind of like the way they work like a is swamp just match like, or something. Yeah, they're having a, a swamp battle or, or whatever the fuck. Ba- it's Bayou called. battle. Yes. Bayou blues uh, cafe battle. It, it, nailed it. <laughs> uh, but I'm just thinking about the way those guys work. You know, they're they're a lot more violent, a lot more like about brutalizing a guy rather than sure. it's time for a fun athletic competition. Yeah, no tacticos. Yeah, it's 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 just it doesn't it doesn't resonate with those two guys. Even Kane and Undertaker back in the day would have made more sense for for that type of match. And it probably would have been easier to gimmick. You could pop a fake eyeball out of Kane's mask. Like I kind of want a um Guy Ritchie and Sherlock Holmes sort of uh <laughs> slow-mo breakdown sort of thing with <laughs> uh as Ray Mysterio I hit uh, kind Seth of breaks with down a how 619. He's gonna... Then I hit the <laughs> West Coast pulp. 
<laughs> yes, Ray Mysterio in a British accent, please. Can we make this happen? Upon Come on, landing Bruce. my <laughs> landing my taint on Seth's face, his eyeball will be removed post haste. Can we get uh? Can we get Michael Caine to do dun, the uh, dun, the dun, voiceover dun, for that? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, five six one nine. That was not Michael Caine. I don't know what that was. Uh, yeah, Lost yeah. yeah, the the best way as I forget who uh, who taught me it, but the best way to figure out how to say Michael Caine. My cocaine. Yes, my cocaine in his my voice. My cocaine. Well, anyway, <sighs> uh, that that's that's a state of other wrestling, but uh, really most of the eyes this week were on uh, Wednesday night because we had the second week of the Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, respectively, for NXT and AEW. Uh, both shows were really fucking good. Both shows, before we get into it, I just, b- before we get into them, rather, I just wanted to say this. Both shows resulted in a lot of bitching and moaning on Twitter by both Tony Khan and Chris Jericho, which I thought fucking sucked. Uh, <laughs> really, really not into to uh, Tony Khan trying to explain why, even though they lost in numbers, they won in ratings. I, it's it's a real cheeseball move. Like, log the fuck off, Tony. And I mean, Jericho adding fuel to the fire ain't smart either. No, it's not. But the way ratings are being, uh, you know, picked apart by the IWC at this moment and the majority of whom don't understand how ratings work. Uh, it, I, I understand where Tony's coming from, but it's, you know, that's not that's not the hill to die on right now. You yeah. know, Yeah. it's, it just makes you, I don't even know the word, the adjective to see what it makes you uh, seem like. But, um, you know, it's, it's one thing when Dave Meltzer is on Twitter and quote tweeting and replying to guys with like eight followers. Yeah. It's another thing when a legitimate billionaire. Yeah. It, like you don't see, you don't see Vince McMahon on Twitter having these fights. No, he's just saying, uh, you know, he what he what Vince McMahon spends his time on Twitter doing is writing uh, 240 characters as to why um, John Cena uh, should have the happiest birthdays of all time, and yes. then saying "Happy birthday, Shane!" In yeah, another tweet. yeah. Uh, he he wrote Vince a very McMahon lengthy Twitter. tweet about his own mother who turned 100 yesterday. God, I hope he doesn't have her genetics. That's literally how he said it. He said, "Happy oh. 100th birthday to my mother. I hope I have her genetics." And he put a smiley face at the end. Oh, Vin, Vinny K's getting in on the emojis. All oh, right. Not emojis. The old school colon uh, smiley parent parenthesis. Yeah. Well, oh, Vince, welcome to 1996, bud. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. You're getting there. I could totally see Vince as an emoji reply guy, though. I'm, I'm just going to say. Uh, you know, I've slowly embraced the emoji for, for oh, the yeah, longest yeah. time I was yeah. into. I was like, no, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not that person. Yeah. I've become that person. I, I've become that person. I'm more a gift guy, though. I definitely like um, Well, yeah. half of our conversations are gifts. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Mostly from Parks and Rec. Yeah. Big Tony. But uh, don't don't get in. Don't get into these fights on Twitter. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. Uh, and it makes you look really low rent. <laughs> just gonna say. Well, yeah, that's a that's a perfect explanation. And really, what it comes down to is they just signed a new four year deal. So, what does he have to worry about? Exactly. Who who are you turning around? Yeah, you know, I mean, sure, they NXT brought in more total viewers. Yeah. Okay. But 
the 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 viewers that helped you get that four year deal and are what the advertisers want, you have. Yeah. So you're you're coming out on top. Just fucking just just let it go. And let's right. just say it for the professional wrestling fan. Both shows were actually super fun. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, there was good wrestling on Wednesday night on both shows. Oh, what a tragic reality we've landed on. <laughs> good wrestling is on at the same time with two separate shows. Now, granted, would I love it if one or both of those shows moved nights so I could enjoy both of them without yeah. having to, tr- you know, track back and follow one? Sure. And honestly, I think both shows would do better ratings if the other wasn't there. But that's just of course. Me. Anyway. Let's start with NXT's Great American Bash Night 2. I know, Chris, you saw the Hulu cut, which unfortunately cut out some of the better matches from the evening. Man, so. I was shoot hot after finished watching the Hulu cut because they cut out two matches I was really looking forward to. But the I show, only got two matches. Yeah, the show kicked off, and I hope you got this one, with Candice LeRae versus Mia <laughs> Yim. They had a street fight, which will forever be known to me as having one of the goofiest, craziest finishes in the women's division ever with uh, uh, Candice LeRae uh, hitting the Mr. Toad's wild wild ride swinging neckbreaker off of a table, dangling over the top rope into a pile of chairs. Yeah, the thing about it that I didn't get, it was a great spot and looked brutal as hell. Yeah. But technically... Both of their sh- both of their s- shoulders were down. Yeah, with both women. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. yes, Candace's arm was draped over Mia Yim, uh, but her shoulders were also down. There should have been a a no contest, a no contest, or some something like that. Maybe they're gonna use that to keep the feud going. Uh, I don't know. I think this feud has kind of run its course, and that was would have been a good finish. But yeah, the, the that finish. Just really kind of, you know, gave me the old, uh, what? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a storyline reason for that. Like, if, I, if I it's, would. It, it, well, fair. But I, I, I would not be shocked if Mia Yim, you know, points it out and the, the feud must continue uh, in a very Howard Finkel voice. The feud oh. must continue. It's a good Fink. Thank you. Thank you. I've been trying. Um, after that, we have. Is that what you do when, when we're not recording? Yep. You, walk, I just, you I walk just, around the my, house. My wife like doesn't understand things. why I won't talk to her like a person. <laughs> yeah. uh, your cats are super confused. <laughs> Who's a good boy? <laughs> Who needs some kibbles? <laughs> <laughs> this match was then followed up with Bronson Reed versus Pretty Dece, Tony Nice. That was not one I, I, I was upset about missing. It was pretty much just a squash uh, for Bronson Reed. Okay. Uh, Bronson Reed now being described <laughs> on the NXT social media as a thick two C's boy with an I. Oh, yeah, they were doing that. Like, Mara was calling him that during his match with Karrion Cross, which really took me out of the whole Karrion Cross gimmick. I was yeah. hearing Mauro yell about Bronson Reed being a big, thick boy. <laughs> <You're>... Go ahead. <laughs> you know, Beth, I think I think I might be simping for... <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia, look at that I'm, thick boy. I might be simping for... Uh, oh, fuck, what's her name? Um... Carrying uh, Cross's lady, shit, Scarlet. Yeah, thank you. I blew, I blew that. I, I, I got too lost on the idea of Mara saying simp. Uh, it's only a matter of time. Oh, if it hasn't happened already, and I just didn't notice it. Um, 
we had a vignette highlighting the return of Mercedes Martinez, which was going to be happening that evening. Then we had a backstage oh. segment with uh, our favorite manager, Robert Stone. Uh, Robert Stone was saying we were going to see history. So he said he was going to get Shotzi Blackheart to join the Robert Stone brand. Um, what happened was Shotzi said, yeah, not so much. Stone got really angry. He threw a cup of coffee he was holding in the air. The coffee hit Killian Dane in the face. He then uh, picked up Robert Stone and threw him into a cart. And then Shotzi Blackheart ran over uh, Robert Stone with her mini tank. Yeah, that was on the Hulu cut. But yeah. I didn't get Swerve versus Gargano. Fuck which, you. <laughs> which was what happened next. It was really, 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 really fucking good. Um my only problem with this was basically Gargano went over clean. I, mm. I was kind of hoping this was going to be a bigger thing for Swerve. Uh, yeah. But instead, it was just kind of straightforward and in and out and done. Bummer. Yeah. We had a video package for the Tegan Knox Io Shirai women's title match, which will be happening next week or this Wednesday night on NXT. Really good nice. video package. Uh basically make both of them look like absolute superstars which they are um as you and i were texting about yesterday if it weren't for the fact that the title shot was happening so soon i would think tegan knox might actually win it she, she can get there at some point but yeah it's, it's definitely too soon to take it off eo yeah we got a six-man tag el legato del fantasma which was sent to escobar raul mendoza and joaquin wild going against drake maverick and brazongo wild yeah. Uh, Brazongo came out uh, wearing Contistador masks. <laughs> yeah, love those guys. Yeah, but there's also part of me that's like, oh, haha, they are referencing an angle from 20 years ago, which referenced an angle from 20 years before that. Haha. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, other in jokes on NXT. Unsurprisingly, El Legado del Fantasma went over, and in fact, uh, El Legado del Excuse me, El Legado del Fantasma also made their way to 205 Live this week. Oh. Santos Escobar winning the main event clean. So uh, over. Uh, I forget who he went against. Hang on, I have I have the notes. Um, good, good for them getting getting around there. Uh, oh, he went over or, uh, Oni Lorcan. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a match I'd like to see. My understanding was it was decent for the time, but it's basically like all 205 Live matches where it's like, was it good? Yeah, but it should have been made a bigger deal. Gotcha. Um, we then had Mercedes Martinez absolutely squash Santana Garrett. Um, okay. Martinez has a brand new entrance. She looked super dope. She's got a cool theme. She's basically being pushed as like a badass heel. Santana, Santana Garrett looked completely fucking lost. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and for a woman who's been wrestling for quite a few years now, you would have thought it was like her third week in uh, the PC. Like, she Dang. she looked real bad. So basically, uh, Mercedes Martinez is a new Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler is nothing now. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Uh, we had a vignette talking about the Cameron grimes Damian Priest rivalry, which is going to come to a head next week with a match on NXT TV. Okay. And then we had the big main event, which went exactly as spoiled as <laughs> Keith Lee defeated Adam Cole in a winner-take-all title-for-title match to become the IWGP double champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked about this last week. I'm kind of over the double champion bit. Yeah. Um, it's kind of being overdone. But uh, good for Keith Lee, man. Uh, yeah. The match itself was fine. I don't think it was any... 
you know, any match of the year contender. If it had uh, a crowd, man, that, that match, I think, would have been leaps and bounds ahead of what it was. I, I recognize you can say that a lot, and, and I'm actually going to repeat that about a match during our, our Fighter yeah. Fest chat. Uh, but, man, had that had a real crowd, I, I feel like it would have felt like a, a, an even more special moment. But Keith Lee's been doing the work this year. And uh, it's it's a yeah. well-deserved win. I'm very excited for him being double champion. Uh, and you know what? Uh, the the uh, the end angle showing that looming in the balcony watching everything take place with Scarlet and uh, Karrion Cross. I think that's a nice first feud for uh, our, our boy Keith Lee. I, I, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, but it's kind of, you know, booking yourself into a corner because neither one of those guys you want to lose um, at the moment. But that's what they do. He's been built as the next challenger. So it may, it, it makes sense. It's been, you know, the seeds have been planted. Uh, the match should be great. But, um, but yeah, Keith Lee, like you said, really uh, even going back into the end of last year with the Survivor Series stuff and uh, and things of that nature, he's really been crushing it super over. Um, happy for him. Where does this leave uh, Bebe yeah. and the rest of the UE right now? They're, the Undisputed Prophecy has been uh, shattered into oblivion. Mm-hmm. Uh, KO, I believe, still hasn't wrestled since the, the pandemic has begun. He's Correct. done a couple of vignettes. But that's about it. Um, you know, I, I don't know what happens with the UE. Do they stay in NXT? And this also, you know, kind of goes along with Champa and Gargano. How long are these guys in NXT? Or are they just yeah. NXT lifers? Uh, I mean, Champa didn't it, even have a match. I know in the case of Champa, he's saying he's an NXT lifer now. Like his okay. his his goal is be on NXT for as long as he can and then transition into being a trainer at the PC. Okay. Um, Gargano. I don't know. I feel like Gargano's got a lot more injuries than we've been led to believe because his uh, his his number of matches, especially let's say in the last year, year and a half, um, he hasn't had a lot of TV matches. His TV matches are few and far between. It's been a lot of focusing on takeovers only. And, you know, he also was out with a neck injury for a bit uh, end of last year after the uh, 1916 from Finn Balor. So, I think Gargano's got a lot more miles on him than you'd think. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's in a similar spot as being Mr. NXT like Ciampa, whether he likes to be or not. In the case of Adam Cole, in the case of even Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, these are guys who I think are ready for the next level, but I guess it is that, that discussion of if you don't have them on NXT, who is the star of NXT? Yeah. So it, it, it is a rock and a hard place scenario. I know we've talked a lot about how WWE isn't doing a great job of building for their future in that there haven't been new stars made for Raw or SmackDown. I think they're in another rock and a hard place scenario, even on NXT, where they don't even have the next set of guys ready there. I know Karrion well, Cross just debuted, but like he's completely ready for the main show. Yeah, but uh, again, I'm not, I'm not sure the um, ins and outs of his contract, whether or not that's yeah. where he wants to be or not, or I, I, I don't know. Um, he I could mean, right now, the only show up difference... on Raw on Monday and, and lay waste to everybody and be a big thing. True. But right now, the only difference between right this minute between NXT, Raw and SmackDown is just the name of the show you're on. You know, it's the same set. It's the same building you know it's not like you have to do house shows which was one of the concerns of champa and 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 so on just i i don't know i don't know really how they're going to make it all play out 
Well, I mean, they've been, you know, uh, Damian Priest has been getting matches. Uh, Dijakovic technically is main roster now, so he's out of the question. Um, You've got uh, Bronson Reed who's been getting matches. You know, they have the people there. But, you know, all these spots have been taken up by your Garganos and and, and uh, your Undisputed Era guys and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people that they have, both on the main roster and in NXT. Um, so, you know, if, to push somebody else up means that somebody already on the show gets sidelined or, or reshuffled back down or to another brand. It's, there's a... They have too many people, I think, is, is the main, yeah. is the main yeah. thing. And they're not focusing on you know getting the new people over but hey I know, big show like broken records there big shows on raw yeah that's what yep. we've been waiting for big show and rick flair and randy orton i i will i will say the uh big show talking to new day on their podcast last week was pretty great if yes. you haven't listened to that yes yes very very good very fun i mean the new day podcast is a legitimate bit of joy every single week Yep. I, I'd almost be fine if the New Day never wrestled again and they just had a podcast from now on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need my Big E title run, man. Come yeah, on. That's go. fair. That's fair. Uh, God damn it. They're, they're right there. Like, I know. Oh, oh, that I could know. be the big thing on SmackDown, but instead. Give me fucking Big E versus Braun, man. What yeah. the hell? Big, big E versus McIntyre. Slap him over to Raw. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, I, I just was tweeting with a, a friend of mine the other day about how McIntyre is like to me one of the top guys who are lost right now in this pandemic world like mcintyre was on the cusp of being like the dude and without a crowd he just kind of feels like another guy right now because everyone feels like just another guy right now Uh, it's it's such a shame that he has not been able to well be the champion he's supposed to be because there's no crowd for him to feed off of. I, I think if there was a crowd, you know, cheering for him every week, he would look like a big star. And I, I think that would sure. set a lot of things right on the Raw side. But, yeah, he's definitely, to me, one of the guys who is most hurt by this. And it, it's such a bummer. And, and at the same time, it is that difficult point of how long do you sort of hedge your bets on, well, when we have crowds, when we have crowds, when we have crowds. I don't know when the fuck we're going to have crowds. Yeah, they were supposed to. They were shooting for end of July. That sure is fucking happening. Yeah. Now apparently they're shooting for September. Yeah. I'm not sure that's going to yeah. happen either, especially in fucking Florida, which is still popping off uh, COVIDs left and right here. So uh, yeah, not a not a good sitch down in the uh, the old sunshine shade. Sunshine shine shine. Sunshine shine. So speaking of the Sunshine State, that was also home to Fighter Fest, and Fighter Fest Night 2 was on TNT this Wednesday night. This one was pre-taped, and it kicked off with an AEW World Tag Team title match as Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, who really need a tag team name, uh, were yes, defending against the private party of Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy. Hot take! I liked this match more than the Best Friends match the week prior. Ooh, um... Hmm. It was shorter. It was shorter, which which helps. And uh, and, and it, it it that in turn worked better with this match because it was all about both teams throwing bombs. Yeah, everybody went all out for this. I I think I texted you. I said, uh, Isaiah Cassidy really put his work in. Yeah, uh, in yeah. this match, he was bumping all over the place and pulling off some killer moves. That uh, he did like this. 
I don't even. It was like a, a springboard, but he went over the top rope and springboarded off the second rope and yes. like launched himself into yes. uh, into Page. I think it was yeah. uh, who was in front of the guardrail. That was fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, that's. I can't even fathom the physics of landing that and and, yeah. and d- doing that successfully. That was hell impressive. And for what was a spot fest, they did a really great job of protecting moves. You know, Quen hit his yeah. shooting star on Page. He would have gotten the pin if it weren't for Omega breaking it up. The gin and juice almost happened, but got broken up. And yeah. the last call only hit once, and it took out it took out Isaiah Cassidy, and that was the finish. So for what was ostensibly kind of a spottier match than the one the week before, they did a really good job of not uh, hurting anyone's finish along the way. Um, yeah. And also, you know, the, the finish this time actually was the full last call as opposed to last week with it just being the buckshot lariat. Yeah, um, which helped put over the buckshot even more. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the match was great. Um, I, I loved uh, uh, from the jump the intensity of Private Party getting the face of uh, uh, Hangman Page. Uh, yeah. Still mad about the twelve dollar drink, um, <laughs> but like it, it, it just there was there was such a great back and forth between the two, and this was also one of the better showings, even coming off of last week's kind of uh, mild match. Yeah. Uh, private party looked great. I don't know if this was legit Matt Hardy getting in their ear and saying, Hey, here's how you got to put together. If it was the work of Kenny Omega, who, as we saw last week with the Sheeta Penelope Ford match, he can age in a hell of a match. I don't know who to give the full right. credit for. I just know hats off to all four guys. Cause this was a hot, great opener. It was, it was, it was much enjoyable. Uh, and like you, like you said, it didn't, it didn't go too long. It didn't overstay. It's welcome. It was right where it needed to be. Yes. Uh, then we had the preview for the rest of the card. I love how AEW has a very standard flow for things. You get your matches, you get your breakdowns of what's happening, yeah. and then we just roll through the show. Uh, and it was Lance Archer versus Joey Janela. Uh, a longer match than I expected. It went through a commercial break. Uh, Janela got absolutely murdered in this, but <laughs> but he got moments of shine throughout. Um, it really kind of sold his underdog will do anything that it takes character while making Lance Archer look like an absolute fucking beast. Yeah, he took uh, Janela took a blackout from the apron through a table on the floor, yes. which looked absolutely murderous. Yes. Uh, but, you know, Murderhawk uh, monster Lance Archer got it done. Um, even with uh, Sonny Kiss getting involved a little bit after Jake the Snake uh, was trying to get involved. Little uh, turnabout fair play there. Sonny Kiss hit a 450, yes. I think. Um, and almost picked up uh, picked up the win for Joey there. Joey and Trunks was a was weird because I'm so used to seeing him in the long boys. Um, but, uh, but the match was, I, I was, I was into it. I wasn't bored with it. It was, you know, suitably violent and, uh, and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great time. Very much enjoyed. Uh, and then we had a Darby Allen vignette where he did a coffin drop into a foam pit. And I'm 99% sure that footage was shot by our own friend. One, Mr. Justin Q Schlegel. Yeah, because Justin was actually the person who hooked up Darby with Travis Pastrana. Yes, uh, so, and, and he and, posted a, a photo on his Instagram from that exact, uh, I, I don't know, cherry picker? I don't know what the hell they're on. Yeah, I guess that, that that's what it would be. Um, and I'm not sure if this was a new one or if this is from the original time he spent up there. Because I think I saw Justin there with them recently Yeah, uh, again. Um, but is, is the Darby not clear to wrestle thing a shoot or is that a work? Uh, I think it's, 
I think it started as a shoot. I think he legit got banged up in the ladder match. Ladder, well, yeah, that's yeah. not surprising. Uh, <laughs> that that has turned into a work. Like they're extending okay. it out a little bit. I, I'm pretty sure him and Cage is going to be the feud for uh, All Out. Uh, and you know what? Wouldn't be shocked to see him Maybe pop for the up title. Wednesday. Uh, yeah. But speaking of Brian Cage, the next segment was with Taz and Brian Cage. And um, Taz had a big announcement. And this announcement's been taken a lot of different ways from a lot of different people. I, I'm going to bring my sort of uh, take to it. I, I'd love to hear yours. Okay. So Taz comes out and says uh, he's got a bag with him. And what's in the bag is something he created years ago with his blood, sweat, and tears. He's bringing back out the FTW championship. That is the fuck the world championship. Oh, so this is before for the win was a thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, th- this, this builds off of an old ECW angle. And and I saw a lot okay. of people going like, you know, this is the third uh, company in a row to have the fake championship angle because you have uh, an mm. impact. Moose has a TNA title. The way that the new U.S. title got debuted on Raw on Monday is MVP debuted it, saying when he beats Apollo Cruz, he's going to hold this belt. Uh, uh, and then he, he had, also had kind of the interim uh, cruiserweight sort of situation as well, right? Right, but to, to a lesser extent. To me, this actually made perfect sense as an old ECW mark. Uh, the whole idea when Taz had the first FTW belt was Shane Douglas had a legit elbow injury that put him out for most of the year. He was the ECW world champion at the time. Taz wanted a shot at the world title. Mm-hmm. Shane Douglas couldn't actually work said match. So for all of 1998, he was based or almost all of 1998. He was out. So Taz was talking about how Shane Douglas is ducking him. He's, you know, not the real champ. I'm the real champ, and I'm going to give myself the fuck the world championship. So that's why he made that title. And okay. and for me, I see the parallel in that, you know, Brian Cage was supposed to have this match. It got pushed off and pushed off because Mox is, you know, possibly COVID positive. So far, tested negative. Looks right. like he's finally getting the title shot on Wednesday. But, you know, ostensibly, Taz is saying this guy is the uncrowned champion. And effectively this guy's in the same spot i was in 20 years ago so it makes I, sense i thought it was a really clever way to tie wrestling history specifically taz's wrestling history into this angle i i i thought it was perfect but i you know i look online i saw a lot of people just go on like oh, oh. it's another fake belt and and, and all this i'm like it it you lo- looked online that was your that's, mistake that's fair that's fair uh <laughs> what, what did you think of this angle chris I'm fine with it. Um, I don't think, you know, from my understanding of it, this isn't going to be a new title in AEW that's going to be defended on a on a you know regular sort of basis. Yeah. There's been no mention of this being a title title versus title or a title unification match, right. or whatever. So I think it's just um, a storyline prop essentially to yeah. to get through to the next week. I don't I, I don't think overanalyzing it uh, to the extent that the IWC is, I guess, uh, is really is really the point here. Yeah, I will say um, to that point uh, for AEW Dark this week, Brian Cage has a match with Brian Pillman Jr., uh, which has been announced as, quote unquote, an FTW title match. But it might just be, you know, okay, kind of like how Million Dollar Man had matches for the Million Dollar Belt. Sure. Yeah. You know, you had the Million Dollar Belt. Zack Ryder had his Internet championship. There have been, you know, offshoot titles 
over the course of the years that aren't, I guess, officially sanctioned yeah. by the promotion. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, come next year's Fighter Fest, we're going to be seeing another uh, an NFTW title match. Yeah, I, I agree completely. But fuck all that shit. We had an eight-man tag, and it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Holy fuck nuts. This was outstanding. This the, is this was, as I tweeted, 100% my shit. Yes. The this Butcher, is what I'm here for. The Blade, the Lucha Bros of Pentagon and Ray Phoenix going against the Young Bucks of Nick and Matt Jackson and FTR of Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. I, I would sit here and say it was nonstop spots, but it wasn't. Up no. until the craziness at the end, it was actually a real, really smart, cleverly worked eight-man tag match. And there was a story to it. Uh, you know, a the, couple. <laughs> uh, the, the, you had the story of, of, of course, the long-running uh, feud between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros firing off again. You had mm-hmm. Butcher and Blade, who were clearly kind of like the, the lowest team on the totem pole uh to the point where i don't know if you saw this chris uh the aew i think it was aew on tnt uh social media accidentally posted the wrong graphic and it was originally supposed to be uh the super bad squad and butcher and blade against <laughs> ftr and young Bucks. oh no yeah 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 they posted that earlier this week whoops that, that was up for like 20 minutes uh anyway uh, but yeah, Butcher Blade was 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 definitely clearly like the 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 lowest team on the totem pole. But they went in there with a point to prove, and I think they proved said point. Uh, and they also had stolen FTR's truck. Yes, yes. So you know you had that feud going on there, but also you had, um, I don't want to say a feud, an unusual friendship starting between FTR and the Young Bucks, as they showed that they could actually work together that they I think they, it was a kind of mutual respect yeah, sort of thing yeah. like even though they, they accept that they're different but they also accept that you know they get shit done sort of situation yeah. um and you know normally in a tag match like this it's can they coexist and there was one little miscommunication which there always is in a match like this but it didn't didn't completely break everything down uh you know at the end of the match uh, after I forgot who take the, took the pin. Um, it was Matt. It was one, was one of the Bucks, right? Uh, yes, Matt took the uh, LB driver, as it was called, which is like a a package pile driver with the legs extended. No, it, is that what it was? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So that, yeah. that anyway, th- that was different. But- for them right and it but it didn't break down between the bucks and ftr after they were upset that they lost but they didn't you know start brawling each other yeah um so i think the 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 mutual respect thing is there and the other um storyline throughout was ftr and lucha bros with ftr saying that you know these guys don't adhere to tag team wrestling rules and blah 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 so they were like six different storylines within one crazy very well performed uh, yeah. match with one of the craziest spots I think either of us have ever seen. Yes, yes, and, and it, it was a match filled with athletic craziness because before that spot occurred, you also had like the the bit where uh, Phoenix and, and Matt Jackson, you know, both leapt from the middle rope yeah. to the top rope, and it turned into a super Frankensteiner from Nick. God damn, I want another singles match between those two. But uh, yeah. the, the spot that we're alluding to, if you hadn't seen it, uh, this spot alone is worth watching the match. And the match was fucking phenomenal anyway. But uh, 
basically what you would assume would be the standard uh, dive train because you have six of the guys on the outside brawling. What ends up happening is uh, Nick is on the second rope almost. uh, uh, What's that? You had five outside because you had Pentagon was the springboard for Phoenix. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Nick's on the second rope almost like he would do an Asai moonsault. Yeah. And what happens is Phoenix springboards off of Pentagon, a la the Hardys, and does a Canadian Destroyer onto Matt, onto the other five guys on the floor. Ridiculous. Absolutely insane. I'm amazed I've never seen that spot before. Yeah, and, you know, you think about the logistics of it. It looked like it went as smoothly as it could have possibly done. Like, nobody really took the brunt of it. There was there. People caught everybody you know no, no, it wasn't like another phoenix doing his uh his one senton that took him out of the ladder match uh, yeah, a couple yeah. months ago so it was it was smooth as hell it was beautiful it was brutal it was it was fantastic yeah i i very much enjoyed it great match if there's anything from hell either wednesday night show you take the time to watch it's that eight man tag that that Absolutely. was leaps and bounds beyond everything and that's even with what a lot of people are saying was an incredible main event. We'll get there with my yeah. opinion on it. I know you loved it. I'm a little in between. Oh, okay. Um, right. But we'll, we'll get discuss. there. We'll get there. Um, we had uh, Alex Marvez still hired. Still not replaced by Justin Still Schlegel. melting. Yes. <laughs> Alex Marvez and an unnamed legal rep greeting Big Swole as she arrives to the building, which led to some great bits on Twitter. Talk about that in a moment. Uh, Big Swole served with suspension papers for kidnapping and harassing Britt Baker. You know what? That's a valid reason to be suspended from your job. I, I, I'm just going to yeah. say. I, I, yes. I, you know, if I kidnapped my coworker, I would think I'd probably lose my job. I don't think it would just be a suspension. Yeah, but you think of it in the realm of pro wrestling, of oh, the yeah. things that have happened oh, yeah. and have not led to suspensions. Yeah. You know, what Swole did to um, to to Britt Baker, kind of low on the totem pole. <laughs> but in order to serve the story, I, I understand where they're coming from. Uh, uh, Aubrey Edwards was on Chris Jericho's podcast a few weeks ago, and she mentioned, mm-hmm. and God damn it, I'm so mad that this is actually going to be a thing because I, I think I made a joke about us writing this one day and pitching to do so. She's writing an official AEW rulebook. <laughs> if okay. they do not include in a list of suspendable offenses, yeah. harassment and kidnapping, I'm going to be very mad. Like, that. Yeah. And by very mad, I mean I'm going to post a grumpy tweet once. Uh, yes. I, th- this needs to be in there. Um, so uh, Swole suspended. And uh, <laughs> the bit that I loved, and I don't know if you got to see this, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, it, of course, AEW social media posted about Swole arriving to the building. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not being allowed in, not being allowed. In. Oh, sorry. It was Tony Khan who posted about it. Uh, okay. He explained that she was being suspended due to that. Chucky T replied saying, hey, Tony, while you're at it, can you let her know that call time is two? What the hell is she doing showing up at nine? <laughs> oh, and then the Charles cherry Taylor. on top was Excalibur then replied, then why do you show up at four? that's a beaut right there that is a beaut sniped it right there (laughs) um yeah (laughs) 
it's good stuff. Yeah, Nyla Rose had a squash match. Of course, I think we've talked about this a few different times. Uh, my wife decides to watch wrestling at the worst times. She popped in yeah. and watched this segment. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't the highlight of the week. Uh, it got the point across. Yeah. Uh, she beat up Kenzie Page and somebody else. Um, um, Kylan King. Sure. Uh, in a very brief uh, 2-1-1 handicap squash. And then cut a promo yes. uh, saying that uh, she is getting herself a manager. She's not ready to reveal who it is, um, but is uh, going to have a manager. Not sure where that's going, but uh, okay. Got to be Vicky, right? Oh, that'd be great. I, I like. I, I thought about it. I mean, it's clearly not one of the managers that currently exists. I, I'm thinking Vicky Guerrero because she's been on, she's been on screen. Beyond that, uh, I don't know who else is out there. Maybe a Daphne. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if uh, if Kong is done with Glow and she. Can, yeah. Well, she's, Kong, Kong's not known for being a talker. I guess. No, no. I mean, she's an act, good actress, so I, I don't see why she wouldn't be able to. Um, so long as it's not Brandy Rhodes. So long as it's not Brandy Rhodes. That's all. Yeah, I'm that would not for. be. That would not be good luck or. You know, uh, I don't know. Does does Jake the Snake uh, expand his roster? You know what? I have a feeling that uh, actually the person would... Jake the Snake in, in real life. Yeah, probably doesn't agree <laughs> with uh, certain things yeah. regarding Nyla Rose. But I don't. You know, that's not a bad pairing. No, I think you know him having Lance Archer and Nyla Rose, two straight up beast killers of yeah. uh, of their respective divisions, would make sense. Um, but, but then again, you know, after the whole uh, Jake and Brandy angle, maybe we just need to keep Jake away from women in general on AEW television. Yeah, that's a bit of a sitch there, which was never really addressed. Yeah, nor was fucking justin roberts being accused in the speaking out shit and that shithole keeps coming up on my tv and ruining introductions fuck i hate that guy he's so yeah. annoying yeah he's i i know you're not a fan that. and also i i think he should be just you know finding a replace with dasha again she did great yeah she was fantastic i enjoy the way she, to look at i enjoy the way she says uh, she says hakuro shida yeah for that cole cabana was in the trainer's room and had the worst bruise i've ever seen good lord and that's a shoot hematoma right there brother yeah <laughs> that um, wasn't makeup and uh mr Brody lee came in and said you know things like this wouldn't happen if you keep working with the dark order and that led of course to the dark order Brody lee cole cabana and Stu grayson Going against SCU, SCU. Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, and Daniels. Unsurprisingly, Fall Guy Daniels here. Also, unsurprisingly, Colt Cabana able to grab the pin. Um, it was fine. I, I, you know, it was it was a well worked match. I can't say there were highs or lows. It just was fine. It, it was more it, for the story. Exactly. Um, and uh, you know, again, uh, seeing Chris Daniels work in a shirt just reminds me that age comes for us all. Father Time is undefeated, my friend. Yes. Uh, We had the promo train for next week's show. uh, As Fight for the Fallen will have Cody defending the TNT title in an open challenge, later revealed to be against Sonny Kiss. Hell yeah. Uh, And on Twitter, 
Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about the open challenge. He put out a who do you want to see sort of thing. And he replied to a tweet uh, talking about giving Sonny Kiss the opportunity. And uh, I think he said Arn is looking into competitors, including the person who rules his mentions, yes. uh, which would be an allusion to the uh, uh, inter- uh, independent wrestling champion Warhorse, yes. uh, whom I am a big fan of, yeah. uh, is great at Twitter. Uh, it's, it's funny, like. I've got like a shirt of his and I follow him and tweet with it and I haven't seen one of his matches. I don't even know if he's a good wrestler. He's good. He's, he's okay. good. Right. Um, I watched like I... the little mini documentary that Kenny Johnson did about him and I'm like, okay, oh, yeah. I can get behind this guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, if War Horse pops up, not this coming week, but the following week, I will uh, shit my pants and joy. Well, uh, that, that exact tweet, you know who else that was in reference to? Yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what else. No, my who boy else? Eddie Kingston, who did an open uh, challenge promo on him, uh, hell uh, yeah, show last weekend. I I would love Kingston on TNT. God damn, I'd be so happy. I I would be well, so so happy. NWA isn't really uh, producing yeah, anything. It's, it's right not a now, thing right so now. So he's a bit free. Yes. Um, anyway, also for fight, Thunder for Rosa Fallen, would be a good pickup for AEW. She'd be a perfect pick for AEW. Like if they don't grab her once she's able, like yeah. they're fucking up. She'd be absolutely perfect for uh, what is a women's division that has quickly lost every star it has yeah um, i know also for fight for the fallen ftr versus the lucha bros which is fantastic kenny omega and the young bucks against the jurassic express which should be absolutely awesome and the aforementioned john moxley brian cage match which i'm surprised by this point hasn't had like a random stipulation stipulation added no dq or something anyway I'll, I'll, and well, it seems that with the AEW title matches in the past, they are a little more lax with the rules, kind of like a, in a New Japan Lucha Underground sort of way, where when the title's on the line, they allow a lot more to fly uh, than in a regular match. So, you know, yeah, we'll go with that. Big Swole snuck into the arena and confronted Britt Baker, threw the suspension papers in Britt Baker's face and nose. According broke to her nose this week broke her nose so that feud must continue uh, in that time you didn't do the voice <laughs> oh sorry that feud must continue thank you you're welcome and then the main event was chris jericho versus orange cassidy chris jericho said this was his favorite match in 20 years or something like that i thought it was good it was not worth that level of praise it was hyperbole. Okay, they're yeah. in a ratings war, so they're yeah. trying to get eyes on the product. I, you know, it is what it is. Um, Jericho is certainly within his rights to say that. Whether or not he actually believes it, yeah, I'm not sure. It was a very good match. Yeah, but no, it wasn't. You know, uh, match of the millennium quality. It proved to me that OC could be a main event character if he went over. And that, to me, is what dampered this match for me. I thought it was an excellent match. I thought it was brilliantly put together. I thought the hope spots for OC were great, but he didn't win. Yeah. And now, for me, Orange Cassidy is just another guy. Like, I, I recognize that we are in, 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 and you know, it's just what I was saying a little bit ago with WWE. We're in this era where there's probably people saying, wait till there's a live crowd. Wait till there's a live crowd. Give the wind, they'll go nuts. How long are you going to wait, man? Yeah. Like, he would have been a made man had he won. He doesn't have to be thrown into a title match immediately after, but he would have been that guy that 
when he does step up and say John Moxley, Brian Cage, MJF, whoever the world champion is at the time, because I feel like MJF is next in line. Sure. I wouldn't be shocked if he's the next champion. Um, if and when he just lackadaisically sticks his foot out for that title shot, he would be considered a legitimate threat. Yeah, because he's got the I beat Jericho card in his back pocket. Exactly. Yeah. And that is what really dampened me on this match. I thought it was a great match if your goal was to put Orange Cassidy over, but then you didn't. And I mean, there was a little bit of uh, of hinkiness with PNP at the end. They uh, they shot the orange juice into his eyes uh, yeah. to disorient him a little bit. So that could be used as an excuse. And you know, the Judas effect has yet to be kicked out of, to my recollection. Yeah. Uh, the the spinning back elbow. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I would have much rather seen OC pick up the win here. And Jericho, Jericho's not going to get hurt by a loss. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that to me was really the problem with it. It wasn't a bad match by any means. I think it's a very good match that if you like those guys, you should go out of your way to see. But it could have been that star-making moment, and instead yeah. the star fizzled out a little bit. And that that left kind of a, a, a not unlike the best friends match the week before. It kind of left me going like, oh, man, the end of this show could be so much bigger yeah. if they did the thing, if they just pulled just, that trigger. Yeah. And it's a bit like, of disappointment. How long are you going to wait now to pull the trigger? And yeah, triggers got to start getting pulled, man, regardless yeah. of whether or not people are there. You, you didn't wait on debuting Matt Hardy or Brody Lee. You can't or wait or cage. Yeah. Start changing some titles, start shaking some things up because that's what we need right now. Yeah. I, I agree with what, with, with what you just said there overall though. Yeah, uh, it was an enjoyable show. Both shows, you know, even though I didn't get to see most of the stuff I wanted to on Great American Bash, <laughs> um, and I, I, I don't care enough to subscribe, resubscribe to the network. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good week for wrestling. Really, there was a lot uh, to get through. It yes. Was, you know, and we didn't even watch Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah. So yeah. If you did there was even more to get through if you watch everything. But uh, you know, there's some new directions thing things can go. Looking forward to see, you know, what happens Wednesday with Cage and Mox. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, honestly, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure Mox retains here. Yeah. Um, they're really putting putting a, a rocket behind Cage here. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cage picks up the win. Um, but you know, Mox is still a super bankable star, but we haven't seen him in almost a month. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very tough. And look, it's a real world situation. There are a lot of things going on. Honestly, uh, you could have had him shoot a video from home to hype up the match Mox, you know, like we haven't seen or heard from him. We're just hearing other people talk about him. It's that, that I found a little bit odd that, you know, he didn't, you know, vow to get his revenge from getting thrown through a fucking Chevy Cobalt or whatever. And, you know, retain his title. I I feel like it was, that was missing. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Any way you slice it, we'll see what happens Wednesday night. Another packed night of pro wrestling television. We have a new NXT Women's Champion. We have a new AEW Champion. But the important part is we're going to find out who wins on Guy's Grocery Games. Hell yeah! It's, it's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy always wins. Guy always wins. In the ratings. <laughs> and in our hearts. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Rough House SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. 
become a donor to The Rough House at patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U-C-E-G-J-2-1 N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase l, capital D, N, 7, lowercase c, 3, lowercase r, lowercase f, u, v, q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House, House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Do you have an upcoming no DQ, barbed wire, steel cage, first blood, loser leaves town, tampon on the pole, boiler room brawl, ambulance, buried alive, casket gauntlet, a stretcher match coming up? Then you need to visit the Foreign Object Warehouse for all of your foreign object needs. Need a sack full of thumbtacks? We got it. A baseball bat wrapped in bacon and barbed wire? We got it. A 2x4 with a nail in it? We got it. A kendo stick? We got it. A guitar to support your rock or country star gimmick? We got it. A bedpan for those visits to the local medical facility? We got it. Gardening shears a la Brutus Beefcake? We got it. An Irish shillelagh for St. Patrick's Day? We got it. A bullwhip, urn, scepter, cane, megaphone, nightstick, sledgehammer, or brass knuckles? We get it. That's right. Foreign Object Warehouse is your one-stop shop for any and all foreign objects you might need before heading up to the big upcoming show. Conveniently located at 303150 Generic Boulevard in Parts Unknown, Foreign Object Warehouse is here to arm you to ensure a dirty victory. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where the only thing foreign to us is high prices. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse. Where cheaply manufactured tables, ladders, and chairs are born. Foreign Object Warehouse. Foreign Object Warehouse will not be held responsible if you lose via disqualification, get buried alive, run over by a gold Lincoln, or go blind from a face full of baby powder.